This is episode 10, Designing Your Environment for Success. Welcome to the Sleek Geek Health Revolution podcast. My name is Eric Charles and I am here with Ilan Lohman to help you discover how you can build healthy habits and live a better life. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get to it. Hey, what's going on, Sleeks? It's Eric here, and I'm with Ilan. Ilan, how are you doing? Hey, it's uh, it's great to be here. I'm fantastic. A beautiful day in Cape Town. It is. Really been enjoying the, the summer weather we've been having. And now we can go back to the beach. Yeah. You know, with the new lockdown regulations. Finally, I'm really looking forward to getting some beach time. I'm actually looking forward to going and doing a, like, ice water plunge there. There's there's a beach there near me in Seapoint where yes. there's a tidal pool. Yeah. And, you know, my, my, my shower is not cold enough for me anymore. So I'm looking forward to maybe doing that this weekend. And you're doing this cold exposure for things like anxiety and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm practicing the Wim Hof method. Okay. And basically, it's a bunch of breathing techniques mm. and some cold water exposure. But the whole idea, I mean, the reason why I like it is because humans, we get into like a fight or flight state when there's danger. Right. And so the whole idea is when, you know, when you get in that ice water, your body... You think you're in danger of like death. Okay. Like there's a mortal and, and it's about calming yourself. And so I think it's quite important, especially recently when I had an issue with stress and anxiety is mm. when things in life are tough, how do you get calm? But that's not the topic of today's. It's not, but it's a very interesting topic, I must say. And we must definitely maybe have a podcast episode on it in the future sometime. Absolutely. We will do a podcast about managing anxiety, anxiety, the difference between stress and anxiety, etc. But today we are talking environment design. Yes. I know you love this topic. So tell us about environment design. So just to set the scene, um, you know, your environment design, the environment that you have designed around you actually ends up being more important than things like motivation, willpower, talent, genetics, luck, and all those other things that people think play such a big role in success. Now, those things do matter, um, especially in key moments throughout life, but it is the environment that affects you every minute of every day for better or for worse. Um, to give an example, like I think this is a great example to set the scene. There was a study done on organ donors in European countries. And there were two countries that are very near each other, very similar, Denmark and Sweden. And they looked at the organ donation rates of these two countries. They are almost identical countries. Denmark had a 4% organ donor rate and Sweden had an 86% organ donor rate, meaning when people died, 4% of the people who died in Denmark donated their organs and 86% of the people in Sweden donated their organs. Now, at first you might be wondering why. Like, it's not because people in Sweden are more generous with their organs or anything like that. The only difference was that in Denmark, when you're born, or put it so, when you're living in Denmark and you... How do I explain this? If, if you want to donate your organs in Denmark, you have to opt in. You have to deliberately change, make a change in the form and say, I would like to become an organ donor. And of course, not many people do that because it's, it's effort. In Sweden, it's the other way around. The reason Sweden has such a high organ donor rate is because by default, you are an organ donor and you have to opt out. That's pretty profound for one yeah. simple action. And it can completely change how many people are organ donors 
in very similar countries. Exactly, and it explains environment design because the environment is the template. Whether you, whether you know it or not. Exactly. Like people aren't even necessarily aware of it. Mm. In the same way, sometimes when you go to websites and they have a little checkbox to join the newsletter, some websites will say, you know, opt in to join the newsletter. Something yeah. will already be checked for you. Absolutely. Okay. So that's an example of environment design. But I just want to go back to your, before we go into more examples, mm. I really want to stress this point because I see in the community all the time, I see it with my coaching clients, that people place such a high importance on things like willpower and discipline. If only I had more motivation, if only I had more discipline. That person succeeds because they're more disciplined. Or they're lucky. They got more willpower. They're more talented. And, you know, I know you when you made a post about environment design on the website, you illustrated with a pie chart. Yes. And I think if people listening can, like, you know, if you can picture in your mind a pie chart, like in that pie chart, I would say that, okay, let's just say 50%. 50% of that pie chart to me, is environment design. Mm. So what we're really talking about today is how you can almost increase your chances of success by 50% in a way that you maybe were not even aware of. And it actually even makes things like motivation or willpower almost optional. Like you don't even need them as much anymore. Just things become more automatic. Or easier. Or easier. Exactly. So, so this is something, guys, you really got to pay attention to. Because designing your environment and the environment that you find yourself in has such a massive influence on the the direction that your life goes in. Mm. And today what we're really going to try and focus on is how can you design your environment to make your life better? How can you set yourself up for success by default? And you know, for me growing up, I used to believe that I had really poor genetics. I was really unlucky. I got dealt bad cards in life. I just thought the world was against me. I thought there was no way I could possibly be fit or healthy or thin or attractive. And you, and I mean, at Eric's place here, there's photos all over the wall from when he was a kid. You were a pretty podgy kid. Oh yeah. And I mean that with all respect. Yes. And now you this fit, uh, you know, you could be an Instagram model. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but you know what, in terms of environment design, I want to give you one distinct example. Growing up, I remember I had the snack drawer in the kitchen. You would pull this drawer open and there would be an abundance of sweets there, these sugary sweets from anything I like. I just, I just knew that whenever I wanted something sweet, I could go to the kitchen and I could pull open the drawer and grab something. And in fact, anytime I went to the kitchen, whether I was hungry or not, yeah. I would often just open the drawer by habit, grab something, whether even though I wasn't hungry. That is my environment. My environment made sugary junk food extremely accessible and extremely easy to eat. I can identify with that. I had a friend called Justin Manny. And basically, my parents, we never had sweets and stuff in the cupboard. Yeah. Well, my mom, she used to hide her. She liked licorice, all sorts. Yeah. Also, she used to hide my her. She used to hide well. her stash away. Yeah. Whenever I'd go play at Justin's house, they had like a pantry, which was just like a treasure trove as a kid. Like heaven. I'm like, I, I used to love going there and I would eat myself sick. <laughs> you know, that's, and that's just environment design. That's know? environment design. Now, if, if you go look at that exact same snack cupboard at my parents' house, Go down, you go there and you pull open the same snack drawer. Now there's there's botong, there's some nuts, nuts, there's some protein bars. And that alone just absolutely transforms one's eating habits. And it's it's got nothing to do with willpower or motivation or luck or genetics or talent. Yes. It's just simply what is the food that is it, that you are putting, that you are choosing to put in your environment. Or your fridge. Like or your fridge. When you open that fridge door. What do you see? I mean, if you see uh, if you see a pizza box with a leftover from a takeaway, 
you know, versus a fridge full of like whole foods mm. and healthy ingredients, you know, ultimately that is going to make a massive difference, difference to your success. So as a general rule of thumb, you know, if you keep lots of healthy food in your house, you're more likely to eat healthy food. Yeah. If you keep lots of junk food in your house, you're more likely to eat lots of junk food. So that's a really important rule to remember. If you're trying to improve your eating behaviors and you feel that you do not have a lot of willpower, or there's times where you don't feel motivated, or there's something that's holding you back, perhaps you haven't actually examined and designed the environment around you to your benefit. It could be working against you rather than with you. Now, Ilan and I have this like funny story where we both love rusks. Oh, the rusks, like, rusks are yeah. our <laughs> kryptonite. And she's like, you know, a whole box. And the funny thing is when you go to Airbnb, it just seems to be the thing that the, the nice little gift that the host gives you is like a nice little thing of rusks. Like a jar of rusks sitting there on the kitchen counter waiting for you. So anytime, like, kryptonite. Exactly. So anytime we travel together, maybe we're going to Joburg or Durban to have like a sleeky get together. This was pre-COVID. Uh, you know, we would get to the Airbnb and the first thing we do is we look and see if there's rust. Okay, great. Thank you, host, but you can you can take this back. Yeah, like please, please take them away because we know if they are there, they won't be there by morning. Yeah, we'll eat them. They'll be gone. And, and I think the important thing about that story is you know people look at people who've achieved health and fitness and they think oh that person's got so much willpower. Yes. Like you know willpower. Yes, you can you can grow your willpower muscle. Sure, I definitely have more willpower now than I used to. Sure, but 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 like the people that you look up, like we don't have ironclad willpower. Yeah. Like, you know, if we were sitting here doing this podcast right now and there was a bowl of, I don't know. If there was rust, if there was rust you'd be hearing. <laughs> if there was a bowl of chuckles on the table and yeah. I was sitting here this whole podcast, all I'd be thinking about are these freaking chuckles. Exactly. You know, that's environment design. It is. Why are you making your life harder? So it really sets you up for success or failure by default. You can almost just picture that whole organ donor kind of situation. Do you have to opt out of bad choices? Like, are there bad choices in your environment that you have to now deliberately avoid? Yep. Or are there just, you know, there's no bad choices. There's only good choices in your environment. And it's just the default setting is, okay, I'm going to have a piece of fruit when I'm snackish rather than having a rusk. Absolutely. And I think there's also a distinction between there's some environments you can control. Yes. And there's some environments that you can't control. Okay. You know, so for example, your workplace. Mm. You know, if your workplace has only poor choices at the canteen. Yes. You can't control necessarily that environment, but you can control you maybe taking food to work and not going to the canteen. Mm. You know, um, just some things like, you know, people growing up in, in certain households. Some people grow up with loving parents. Some people mm. grow up with um, parents who, you know, don't, don't have a good influence on them. Yes. That's not a choice that they had. Mm. The smoking, for example. Yes. Some people grow up in a household of smokers. Some people grow up in a household that doesn't smoke. Those environmental things will have an influence on people. So the kid with parents who smoke is more likely to become a smoker, yeah. right? And that's not because he's, he's weak or he's naughty or he's got low willpower it's yeah. because that's what the environment it's normalized. is it's normal yeah it's, it's what we normalize absolutely so, so that's why you know i think what what i wanted to distinguish is there's some environments you can influence but what we really we would really really want to focus today on today is how can you design your environment as best as possible mm. in your own life and you know a great way to think about it is how can you like remove obstacles from the things that are really going to help you move forward. Yeah, what are you trying to and, do? What are you trying to do? How can you create barriers 
to the things that are really going to hold you back. I like that. Conceptually. You're trying to find a way to make something easier or more difficult, depending if you want more of it or want less of it. Exactly. So something that's going to help you move towards your goals, mm. make it convenient. Yes. You know, something that is going to not help you make it inconvenient. Mm. So for example, delete the, the Uber Eats app from your phone. If, make you say, rule, if, say if, you, if you're struggling with ordering too much fast food, yes. try and make it more inconvenient. I like that. Make the rule that you only allow to eat um, foods that don't serve your goals out, mm. you know, and not in your home. Yeah. You know, all these kind of things can help you shape your environment. You know, I had, I had a client who was telling that she, she wants to like read more at night. You know, she's, she's a lot like me, also very uh, motivated, loves self-development but was struggling to find the time to read and found herself watching a lot of TV. Yeah. I said to her like, okay, well, where do you normally watch TV? I watch TV in my lounge. And like, okay, uh, if you go and sit down on the couch in your lounge, what is in front of you? It's like, uh, the couch is a face towards the TV. Yeah. Or like, there we go. It makes watching TV the normal behavior. What if you face the couches away? Yeah. What if you put some of the self-development books you want to read on the coffee table in front of you? Would yeah. that maybe make the choice a little easier, a little bit harder? I think it would. I definitely do that. Like, so when I want to read more, I'll, if you come to my place, you'll see books everywhere. I'm the same. It just reminds me to read. Yeah. Or what's an environmental like, cue. Yeah. yeah. What, we, what we like to do at the moment, like, is, as you say, when you're sitting on that couch, you're facing that TV. Mm. So I actually like to move to the bedroom a little bit earlier. So if, if we want lights out at 10 o'clock, I like to switch the TV off, move to the bedroom at like nine. Turn the keys, you've got no TV in the bedroom like me, right? Exactly. I don't, yeah. Makes a big difference. Move, move, move to the bedroom at like nine and I have my book next to the bed mm. and now I meditate in bed as well. Nice. So like that's like part of my routine. But definitely what you're trying to do is you are trying to create prompts. You want to take yes. your vitamins in the morning? Yeah. So put your vitamin bottle next to the kettle. If the first thing you do is boil the kettle to make some coffee. So don't hide it away in a cupboard. You've got to open the cupboard, get the bottle out. You've got to remember it's there. Exactly. I like that. You know, other environment design things could be like, you know, now with COVID, you've set up a gym in your garage, mm. you know, so that's an example of environment design. You've made it easier for not like, of course, not everyone can set up a gym in their garage. Mm. But what you've done is you've made it easier for yourself to exercise. For sure. You could even just lay, just put, make your workout, like even if you have like a resistance band at home. I mean, I've got an exercise spinning bike just behind my desk. Anytime. I, I'm finding myself struggling to concentrate. I want to get up and just move a bit. Yeah. I literally get up, take a few steps, get on the spinning bike, spin for five minutes or 10 minutes. Sure. Just because it's a convenient thing for me to do to take a break. Absolutely. But if I didn't have that, maybe the convenient thing would be to open up my cell phone and go check Instagram or Facebook or something like that instead. Sure. And I mean, conceptually, I think, you know, we talked a lot about food. And we're talking about physical things. Yeah. But conceptually, people need to understand that environment design is about what you surround yourself with. Mm, and what's now, influencing you exactly and and that can be thoughts that can be technology that can be you know things that are you know less physical yes so for example you know what are what are the shows you consume are you watching ted talks are you watching inspirational talks on youtube or you're watching love island alone i love love island. <laughs> you know, there's there's a little space in life for a bit of love island okay. and a bit of master kitchen all right but i watch my enough motivational videos to, to balance to, that to balance that out but, but the point is like, you know, what, what podcasts you listen to? What kind of books are you reading? 
you know, who are the people you're associating with? Mm. That's what's great about the sleek community. Like, I like who, that. Who do you surround yourself with? Yes. Are the people that you surround yourself with constantly negative and putting you down? Yeah. Are the people that surround yourself with constantly raising you up and helping you? There's a, there's a famous saying, like, you become more like those you surround yourself with. And that is environment design. Exactly. That is environment design. And there's so many, geez, I could give you a thousand examples. Like, here's another one. Like, when I used to go to the gym um, way back when, I had this habit of always buying a protein bar mm. at, the, at the new upstairs. Yeah. They've got these beautiful dark chocolate protein bars. They're delicious, but they were like 34 rand each. Mm. I didn't mind the fact that it was 250 calories and 20 grams of protein. It was more that like spending 34 rand every time I went to the gym. And you go to the gym a lot. Adds up. Yeah. So my environment design hack that I did was to start leaving my wallet in the boot of my car when I got mm. to the gym. Obviously, I take my wallet with me because I don't have my driver's license, yeah. etc. I would just leave it in the boot of my car. Just makes it more inconvenient. So, exactly. I designed my environment differently so that I didn't, you know, go and... And so just make things harder for yourself. Mm. That, you, you know... For example, I'm not good in petrol stations. Like, when I walk into those shops, like, it's like a minefield for me. Mm. Like, so I try my best not to go into petrol station shops. Just to avoid the environment, you know, yeah. Exactly. Um... Shopping, like, I mean, now with COVID, obviously, I've been doing a lot more online shopping. Mm. And I've noticed that I love it because when I shop online and I use the app, I'm searching for the things I want and I select those things and I never really add junk food to that basket. You're not browsing. Exactly. Like, but when you're walking through a, a shop with the trolley and you're seeing all this visual stimulation, there's this, oh, there's the chuckles, mm. oh, there's the this, there's the that, you know, and they end up in the trolley and then you've got to stand there that in, queue. In that queue where you're just surrounded by like junk and you're going, eat me, eat me, eat me. Exactly. Um, and and so that's another like example of environment design. I think so, shopping shopping is a great example because there's so many like layers to that, different types of environment design you can have. Like, you know, you mentioned digital shopping versus uh, in-person shopping. You've mentioned, you know, having Uber Eats versus like maybe there's a healthier takeaway option out there yeah or going um, out and getting it yourself like with Kawhi, i think you can even order your, your smoothies online so they're ready to pick up when you get there yeah um but when shopping like you know do you shop with a shopping list or not that's yeah. having a shopping list with a clear thing list of things you're going to buy actually changes your environment slightly because it, it makes you focus on the things that you plan to buy and you're focusing less on just oh what else is it about yeah you're like exactly. you're hunting for these particular items on your list. you've got like a hit list even uh, eating before you go to the shops so you're not hungry you're actually changing the i suppose like the internal environment you're no longer as susceptible to cravings yes. as you go past junk food because you're full you're yeah. satisfied you're not hungry yeah i mean other examples that i love about environment design is thanks for introducing me to that diffuser that mm. you bought um like my diffuser that i have on my desk at the moment that that basically you put, gets, a, you put, put a lavender in there okay and then it produces this lavender kind of vapor. Mm. And the one that Eric and I have got, it's called the soil one. We're, yeah. They're not advertisers of us. The soil organic aromatherapy yeah. diffuser. I got mine for 200 bucks less. <laughs> and <laughs> sorry. Um, and basically, like, I love it because it just it gives me a sense of calm. Mm. You know, when I smell those vapors from the lavender, like even now, the music that I listen to, like, I used to listen to like heavy rock music when I worked. Mm. And now because I'm trying to create more, it's been a stressful year. There's been a bit of anxiety. I'm trying to create a more, a more a less stressful environment. Yeah. What I'm doing is I'm listening now to more relaxing music. The type mm. of music you would find like 
at a spa, at a health spa. Nice. Like you've got noise canceling headphones. For sure. It helps me focus. And another example, like, yeah. you know, you're putting those on to create an environment that's going to give you the peace that you need or the, or the focus or the concentration that you need. I like that. So, you know, environment design is not just about making an action easier, more difficult. Like, okay, yes, you could say, I would like to make eating healthy easier to do by having more healthy food yeah. and eating less junk food easier to do by having less junk food. But it can also just be about a general supportive environment yes. or a general feeling you're trying to get. I mean, for example, if you get a nice haircut, if you're yes. great, yeah. It, it's it's, it's a form of environment design. You do one thing and suddenly like you don't need motivation to feel more attractive or to feel more confident because you got a haircut. Yeah. You feel better. Yeah, absolutely. It's easier. Like even if you like whether you're ugly or attractive, a haircut will generally make you feel better. For me, it's like washing the dishes. Mm. Like I live in a one bedroom apartment. My kitchen isn't big. If the dishes pile up, they're noticeable. Yes. I don't have a pantry that I can shove them away and not see them. Forget about them, yeah. So I feel like if the dishes aren't washed and they start piling up, it feels like my life's a mess. Yeah. You know, when the dishes are done, I feel calm and serene, mm. you know, and that that's, you know, there's that broken window theory. Yeah. Which uh, we were chatting about earlier. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if you want to like maybe just explain that because... Absolutely. You to explain it better than me. So the broken window theory is, 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 is quite a complicated, like a criminology theory. But in short, the idea is that when there is, let's say, a broken window, like a, a visible evidence of crime or neglect in like a neighborhood, it, 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 there's more likely to be more crime and more neglect in the future. So exactly. one action kind of ends up fueling another action or similar actions. Exactly. And, and, and then the opposite of that is true. Yeah, like sometimes you go to small towns, like you know, for weekends away. Like if I go somewhere to like Rebecca Castile or Ponte mm. Nostra, yeah, and all of a sudden, like everyone's gardens are so beautifully manicured, and it's because it's, it's the total opposite of that broken. Uh, it's a norm, theory. yeah. It's like the, that's the social norm there, and you're influenced by it. It's the same as like surrounding yourself with certain types of people. Exactly. You know, if everyone, all your friends exercise, you're more likely to exercise. If everyone, if all of your neighbors. Uh, keep a nice clean house and tidy garden you're more likely to do the same and that's why like i also like that snowball kind of like analogy mm -hmm. and the reason why i like it is because whenever you say to someone things started to snowball they always think negative yes but like like it spirals downwards and not exactly, a control kind it's of it's great to know that things can snowball for the positive absolutely you know if you start to design little things around your environment you can create more success sure. you can feel better you can start to achieve more. Yeah. So that's wonderful. But like, you know, we've obviously given a lot of examples, but mm. like for people listening right now, yes. like something practical for you is if I was coaching you right now, like let's say you're listening to me and you were one of my clients, what I would, I would say to you is I'd start asking you questions around what areas in your life right now aren't working. Mm. You know, some people have got different, like some people are strong in certain areas. Some yeah. people weak. Some people struggle with sleep. Yes. Some people are having a massive problem with stress, anxiety. So let's let's take sleep. Let's say I'm coming to you and saying, Elan, I'm struggling with sleep. How can you help me? Or okay. nutrition. Which which would be better? Uh okay, well, I think you would be the one that helped me with sleep. You're the one with <laughs> sleep issues. I don't have any sleep issues. So help me with nutrition. Okay. So so Eric, I mean, do you have but like we've talked about nutrition a lot in the beginning okay. of the podcast. So let's maybe talk about anxiety. Perfect. Okay. I mean, Eric, do you struggle with anxiety at all? Yes, I'm a very anxious person. Please help me. <laughs> okay. Which is true. <laughs> so, so like, Eric, what in your current environment is there that 
you feel could be adding to your anxiety? Oh, that's a good question. You know, there's lots of things that tend to affect my anxiety. Very often it's uh, maybe noise or it's like untidiness or feeling like I'm not in control of something. Or reading bad news about exactly. COVID. Exactly. Yeah, so on Facebook and I see like this bad stuff, it definitely hypes up the anxiety of it. Okay. So let's just take that one example. Mm. What could you possibly do to diminish um, the anxiety you have around bad news? and what you see in social media, for example. Yeah, so I find on Instagram, I don't see much bad news, but it's Facebook where there's a lot of like negativity, I find. Yeah. And also if I, if I go onto like News 24 and I check the news, what's the, what's the latest news on the TV? Um, it's, it's just always bad news. Yeah. So I suppose I could like see less of that, like I try and avoid it. Been, if I want to be on social media, maybe I can be more on Instagram where there's less bad news and, and less on Facebook. I agree with that, absolutely. Like, I mean, I think on Facebook because there's so much more conversation. Mm. Like, Instagram is more, you know, you view... More visual, it's I guess. It's more visual yeah. and, you know, you don't really get too much into the comments. Yeah. And I think what I try to do with my environment design around Facebook right mm. now is I... I but especially in a COVID world right now, yeah. there's been too much on my feed that's negative. Mm. So when I go onto Facebook, I only go into the sneaky group. Okay, like, that's clever. I don't even look at my own news feed anymore. Like I only go into the sneaky group because looking at my own news feed was causing me too much anxiety and stress. Right, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And environment yeah. design, like, like when I go to Instagram, it's also like, what do you look at? Mm. Like I like looking at like puppies, you know, <laughs> and like especially my girlfriend and I, we've got a thing for like Labrador and Golden Retriever puppies, mm. you know, and so, you know, I try and look at the things that are going to bring me joy. Nice. You know, so there's there's some examples. So that could be also for people who um, struggle with maybe body image or something like that. If, if you're constantly following people who are trying to portray themselves as looking perfect, yes, you might become a lot more self-conscious of your body than if you're following just people who... Exactly, because all it's will, doing is reinforcing your imperfections. You get some people who like find the beauty in everything. Yeah. And there's some people who only find the beauty in the perfection. Yeah. And it can portray a very different kind of perspective exactly so that's a really good example if looking at instagram models all day is constantly making you feel bad about yourself mm. then why would you do that yeah so you know, there, there's an example so let's just go back to to the people listening so if you are listening i mean really just think about what area you're struggling with in your life right now and then really think about like what in your environment is making it harder for you mm. like what is making it harder for you in that particular area nice and what could you possibly do to make it easier for you mm. um and you know that's a thought exercise that that each of you need to do and i really you know i think what a lot of people do is first of all they're not aware that yes. environment makes a difference it affects everything it affects you every minute of every day whether you know it or not and by not choosing to design your environment you're more, you're more likely than not choosing a bad environment design because you haven't put any thought into it. Exactly. So this is about like, I always, you know, we always talk about being your own hero mm. and self-reliance. Nice. And, you know, what, I, what I've always, how I've perceived my journey, like let's take over the last eight, nine years. You and I have tried so many different things. Mm. You know, we, we did the paleo thing and then we did this and we did that. And, you know, I know everybody wants to just kind of be told this is the solution. Yeah. Um, you know, an analogy that I think of is if you've got kids in school, 
Mm. Would you prefer that those kids were just learning everything parrot and road fashion and performing well? Yeah. Or would you prefer that they were at a school where they were being taught to think and critically analyze mm. and do research? I mean, answer's I think obvious. Most, yeah. The answer's obvious. So in the same way, like I almost feel like everyone on their own health journey need you, you almost need to be like a detective. Like, you know, you need to be an investigator. You need to be constantly interrogating and questioning your, your, you know, your environment, your actions, what you're doing, how can you improve it? Mm. And I think, you know, that's a really important thing. And I think people don't stop to do that. And, you know, talking about kids is actually interesting because as, as adults and parents, we pay a lot of attention to what kids get exposed to. Yeah. You know, there's, there's PG ratings on movies, there's uh, alcohol and drug limits, there, there's certain, you know, ways you don't want kids to speak or things you don't want them to do. Yeah. So we're very, very conscious about how those behaviors or environments can affect them. Yeah. But we don't do it as much for ourselves. Like if something can be so influential on, on kids, surely similar things can be so as, as influential on us as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's a really, really great point. So I think it's really about people becoming a lot more self-aware. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's why, like, our coaching style, like, if any of you ever worked with Eric or I or ever do in the future, like, our coaching style is very much that we we come from the point that you are the expert, you are the expert of your own life. Mm. You know, like, a lot of coaching styles are kind of like, I'm the expert. I'm going to tell you what to do. What to do. Mm. I'm going to tell you how to be more like me. Mm. Like, you know, we, we, we have the opposite approach. I'm not trying to teach you to be more like me. Eric's not trying to teach you to be more like him. What we want you to do is like when we coach people, we try and ask them the right questions so that they can come up with their own answers for their own life. And focus on the right things. Because everyone's context is different. Yeah. You know, a, a, a person who has three kids and is working at the same time and, you know, has other like restrictions in their life is different to someone who's single, has no dependencies, you know, everyone, Lots of free time. everyone yeah. has a different life. Everyone has a different context. Mm. So, you know, you really have to become good at analyzing your own situation mm. and just find out where you can fine tune things. Okay. So, so how about we run through a couple of like, I know we're giving a lot of examples. Yes. But let's let's maybe just move through the whole concept of eat, move, think, sleep. You know, at Sleeky, we're always trying to help people eat better, move better, think better, sleep better. Yeah, those are our and four And build pillars. those kind of healthy habits around those. So we've talked a bit about nutrition, but let's just recap. Like, as a very basic principle, if you want to eat more healthy food, keep more healthy food around you. If you want to eat less junk food, keep less junk food around. Like, that's a very simple principle that you can follow. Absolutely. Um, it's not complicated. And, and even if you can't, let's say, uh, I, I've had a couple of clients who were like, okay, I know it's not, I, I shouldn't have junk food in my house, but my husband or my kids, they love junk food. They won't let me get rid of it. Yeah. That's fine. There's a couple of things you could do. You can make the junk food less visible. So you can maybe put it away in a cupboard or put it in a, a, um, a solid container. So it's not like, you know, you don't open the cupboard and they're like licorice, all sorts is like staring at you. Instead, it's actually tucked inside like a plastic I mean, uh, I sometimes ask my girlfriend to hide things from me. Exactly. <laughs> so, so make it less visible. Uh, also make it less obvious. You know, it's the same concept. Like how can you just, like you don't want to come into your kitchen and accidentally see the licorice all sorts or the rusks when you weren't thinking about them and now you are thinking about well, them. Well, it so, goes back to the rust example. Like, I mean, you know, I'm looking now in your kitchen and you've got a fruit bowl yeah. on your kitchen counter. 
Absolutely. Now, and it's actually pretty empty, so I need to go, I made a mental note to go and refill that fruit bowl. But absolutely, like let's say you've got a kitchen counter in your kitchen. If there's a fruit bowl in there, it's a very different thing to if you had a bowl of rusks. Exactly. Well, you know, do you have a bowl of, I mean, do you have a jar of cookies next to the kettle? Mm. You know what you're likely to do. You like it. Is it easy to get to? So, so the next one is, is is like make it more or less convenient. Yeah. You know, is it is it easy to eat junk food? Is it easy to eat healthy food? Uh, healthy food can be a bit of a schlep sometimes, but there's also strategies you can do. Like I know if I want to have some veggies for lunch, I'm not going to go to the schlep of steaming them or oven roasting them or, or chopping them up. I'm just going to rather go and make sure I have some carrots, some baby tomatoes, some cucumber, things I can literally just grab, put on a plate and eat. No prep required. Just keep it simple. It's simple. It's easy. It's convenient. It just, it makes eating healthily easy. Yeah. I mean, another, another hack that I've got related to that is like, like say for example, um, I want to stop eating chocolates, yeah. whatever it might be. And you know, I like strawberries. Mm. Now, strawberries are actually quite low in calorie. They're nutritious. And to me, strawberries are like delicious. It's, yeah. almost, it's, it's like a, a treat. Yeah, it's like a dessert. Nice. But you know, when you go shopping, you think, oh, geez, you know, this pallet of strawberries is like 30 or 40 rand. It's too expensive. Mm. But then these days you're paying like, I don't know. Same for a chocolate bar too. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the way that I rationalize it at the moment is I try and have some things, even though I'm just having healthy, like we're not saying your fridge must just be fish and broccoli. Yeah. You know, we're saying whole foods. Just make it um, easier to eat healthy. Things yeah. that you might enjoy, you know, and, you know, we're not talking about the sleeky food list today, but like our philosophy is that there's a wide spectrum of healthy food out there. Absolutely. And there's enough there for people to select the foods that they want to enjoy. Yes. You know, and I'm a big believer that people must eat the food that they enjoy. Absolutely. But there's enough healthy food out there. You don't have to eat kale to be healthy. Yeah, if you don't like it, then don't eat it. Eat something else instead that you're more likely to eat. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not a fan of broccoli. If I could only eat broccoli as my source of veggies, I would eat very little vegetables. Yeah. But thankfully, I encourage myself to eat things like bell peppers and carrots are nice and crunchy. I love those and I eat a lot of them. Exactly, um, and broccoli like makes me gassy. Maybe that's too much information. Lovely, thank you. Cauliflower. Please only get broccoli. Cauliflower, cauliflower as well. But you know, I don't think I'm going to shave years off my life because I'm not eating cauliflower and broccoli. I'm eating tons of fruit and vegetables. So that's, a, that's, a, that's a different type of environment design that's worth thinking about. It's like you just, you're more likely to eat vegetables if you have the vegetables that you actually like. Yeah. And, and so it all adds up over time. Another environment design thing around food for mm. me is I like bulk, bulk prep. Now this is mm. not for everyone. Like no. I'm speak, I've got a client at the moment who's in the Netherlands, and I was chatting to her about coming up with strategies and hacks. Yeah. And you know, her and her husband, they like to eat everything fresh. Mm. They don't like to take something frozen, defrosted, etc. And I said, okay, fine. Then that's what you need to do. Then yeah. you cook every night. Mm. But for me, I like to bulk prep, mm. and I've got this kind of rule that I never like to be more than two to five minutes away from a meal. It's a good because strategy, yeah. I find that like then I get disincentivized to have something healthy mm. or I won't eat or whatever it is. Yeah. So for me, environment design yeah. is to always like if I cook, I bulk cook. Like last night I made some lean mints. I didn't make one portion. I made a kilogram of lean mints. Yeah. And I put a whole lot of it in the freezer to nice. reuse. When I make kitsch, when I make um, chicken, yeah. I'll make like 12 or 15 chicken breasts. Yeah. So for me, that's environment design. Absolutely. I'm, I'm making things easy and convenient nice um that, that's a great strategy and, and you know this, this goes beyond stuff that you have total control over i'll give another example i had a client who was a very social person uh, especially pre-covid 
and they loved, they were always going to Briars every weekend. They would go to a Briar with their friends. It's just like the thing they did. And as most people know, when you go to a Briar, there's usually snacks on the table. There's chips, there's peanuts, there's raisins, there's the crackers, there's whatever else there is. And this client of mine, he, he's, he really struggled. Like he was fine at home, but every weekend you'd go to the Briar and he'd really struggle to not eat just the whole table. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're hungry and you know, those Briars you go to take a while, they, you know, some people, they light the fire and you like three hours later, you're like, yeah. geez, I came, you told me to come here at one o'clock for lunch. Absolutely. It's four o'clock now. So strategy I'm one, having a bag of when he goes to the Briar, he normally has a, he normally has a protein shake before he goes. Like these are some strategies we figured out that work really well for him. Strategy one, he has a protein shake before he goes. So he's, he's not rocking up there hungry. Strategy two, he brings some of his own healthy food. So if he does want something, he can have that. But the most important one, strategy number three, was he did not position himself next to the snack table. So simply, he would make sure, okay, there the snack table is. I am going to stand as far away from it as socially acceptable. Yeah. I promise you, if you sit next to the snack table and you just reach over, grab, put your mouth, reach over, grab, put your mouth, you're going to eat a lot more snacks then if you have to walk across the room, grab something, walk back again, eat it, walk back across the room, grab something, work. It just, it's environment design. Move yourself but, physically away from the junk food. But like related to that, like here's another great example that I experienced like obviously pre-COVID, mm. but like I was at a, like a, a function with people. We were like a whole lot of people around the table. Yeah. And there was like, you know, the chips and dip. Mm. So basically on my end of the table was the chips and dip. Mm. And I found that like, I, you know, it's like a magnet, like there's yeah. this chips and dip. And like, I was dipping into the chips and dip. Yeah. And I basically, I said, I said, listen, please just take it away. Move, move it, it to the other side of the table. Nice. And as soon as it was on the other side of the table, it wasn't a problem anymore. Lovely. Like, it's it was, powerful. It was, it was as simple as that. And it's simple things like that, that can really make or break your progress in this journey. So it, I really want you guys to just think about wherever you are right now, wherever you're going to be over the next couple of days, just Pay attention to your environment and think about the things you're doing and how your environment is triggering those actions. Here's another example. So let's say, for example, I want to catch up with one of my mates this weekend mm. and say, oh, we haven't seen each other for a while. Let's catch up. Yeah. Okay. So if I said to one of my mates, there's a place called Jared's in Seapoint. Mm. They also don't sponsor us, but their breakfasts are in best breakfast in Cape Town. Like, but they are like high calories. They are like amazing. Yeah. Like, so I could say, if I wanted to see Mick this weekend, I could say, Mick, let's meet at Jared's for breakfast. Yeah. Okay, I know we're going to end up sitting there. We're going to end up consuming a very high-calorie meal. Or I could say, Mick, why do we go for a walk up Lion's Head? Or Mick, why do we go for a walk on the promenade? Grab some coffee and go. That difference of environment design can make such a difference to your goals. Yes. But what I also do want to say is that, remember, guys, when we give you these tools, they're just tools in your toolbox to use, and you don't always have to be perfect. Yeah. So you are sometimes going to find yourself in environments that aren't going to be easy mm. and that's okay. Yeah. Like the whole idea is that you're mindful of this most of the time. Mm. Like sometimes, you know, if my girlfriend and I want to go to, there's that market there, right? There's like market, mm. you know, when you go there, there's just delicious stuff everywhere. Yeah. Yes, you can try and make better choices. But what I'm saying is we're not saying avoid any environment yeah. That is going to be hard for you all the time. Yeah. We're saying most of the time, try and make your life easier. You know, don't make your life harder. It's a good point. You know, I find that when I have, when I've, when I've designed the environment well around me and uh, I'm, I've been eating well more consistently, it actually gives, and i got the structure around me. It actually gives me more freedom. 
Yeah. It means I can then go out and enjoy a, a, a dessert or something like that without any guilt because I know that it's been easy to stay on track for the past two weeks. Yeah. I've eaten well my, and it hasn't been much effort. My environment's just made that a result. And now I can choose to go out and enjoy something without any guilt. So I've got the freedom now to go to a market with my girlfriend or fiance and stress-free and, stress -free and enjoy it and make the most of it come home, get back to normal, everything just, life goes on. Yeah, well, like, that's that whole concept of discipline gives you freedom. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's actually, it even applies to, like, I was, I read a book uh, last year around, I forgot what it was called, it was around, uh, like, work work productivity. Okay. And, you know, some people believe that having hectic routines around time management yeah. is very um, constraining. And, yes. You know, but, like, the, the argument was actually that having those hectic routines actually gives you a lot more freedom. Absolutely. Because you actually end up being more productive. Yeah. You know, and even though it sounds counterintuitive. So yeah, the, the rules and, and even laws give you, they, they do constrain you, but they do give you freedom at the same time. I mean, you just look at driving, for example. There's so many rules and laws of the road, but they allow us to drive daily with minimal incidents. Yeah. If there were no laws of the road and rules of the road, and anyone could do what they want, it'd be pure chaos. Sure. And that's the same, the same with your environment in your life. Like, you know, those, that is the environment of the road. There, there are laws and rules that affect the environment for good. Absolutely. They weren't there to be chaos. Let's move on now to, yeah. uh, let's say exercise. Um, one of the, the things I think is a positive outcome of COVID is the trend of working from home. Yeah. Uh, working out from home, sorry. Exercising at home being able to do workouts at home. Because beforehand, people didn't really know how to work out at home. They were like, well, I go to the gym, I use this machine, it does half the work for me, yeah. and done. And now suddenly when they couldn't go to the gym, they're like, I don't know what to do. Until they figured it out. I honestly believe that like, making an effort to, to learn how to do some kind of exercise at home is a great way to design your internal environment. Because it means you don't have to be dependent on going to a gym. You don't have to be dependent on having the perfect equipment around you to get a good workout. It's another tool in your toolbox. I know I can I can do 15 minutes of exercise with just my body weight and get in a decent workout if I don't have the time to go to the gym or, or I'm traveling and I don't have the equipment available. I can still do a body weight exercise. Yes, exactly. So that's part of the designing environment. Like make your household space, make like a little area in your household where you can do a workout. Maybe it's just like you lay a yoga mat in the corner, got a resistance band and two little dumbbells there. Every time you walk past, you're like, oh, I should do a workout. Let me go, let me go spend 15 minutes doing a workout, that kind of thing. Um, design your environment for the workout. But another way to do that is simply, if you know you're going to go for a run tomorrow morning, maybe you can design your environment by laying out your clothes the night before. Absolutely. You get up, the clothes are there staring at you. Exactly. I mean, like I had to bring these, uh, Adidas gave us a whole bunch of uh, shoes to give away for a competition. Ooh. I had to bring them here today to Eric so that we could, uh, so Sav could send them off. And last night, I put them by my front door yes. with my car keys on top of them. You're not going to forget. You know, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan. We've talked to very different categories of environment design, but, like, I'm a big fan of designing my environment with prompts. Yes. You know, like, if you want to drink more water, remember to put, like, you know, a jug or water bottle or whatever on your, on your desk. Yeah, it takes, you know, it like, takes willpower out of it. You don't remember anymore. For me, those prompts really help me. Absolutely. But, Eric, like, you're the, you're the grandmaster on sleep. Because you've obviously mm. had challenges in your life. Mm. Sleep. Like, so, I mean, environment, some environment is design quick tips on sleep. 
step number one don't have a television in your bedroom absolutely big one if if you are someone who watches tv at night um but other than that i think in terms of if you struggle to get enough sleep what i've noticed is most people get into bed too late yeah. like simply whether you're tired or not simply getting into bed is a great way to design your environment for better sleep because you're simply putting yourself in the environment that is conductive to sleep if you're in Absolutely. the lounge or at the dining room table or in your office you're not going to sleep there i experienced I, I experienced that the other night like so basically this week you know my mind's been racing a little bit so on the one night mm. like my, my girlfriend went to bed early yeah she was really tired and i was like you know what i'm going to stay up i'm going to watch some seinfeld because i think that's just going to make me you know like more relaxed whatever yeah but at the same time i was playing my phone on social media mm. and i went to bed at 1 a.m which for me is crazy because i yeah. wake up at 5 a.m <laughs> you know but i just i couldn't get myself off the couch i, yeah. I started doing research on all different kinds of topics on my phone so you feel like you've been productive but... And, but then last night when she went to bed early i actually wasn't tired mm. and i said you know what i I, I, th I thought to myself, you know what, if I go and I sit on the couch again, I might have a repeat performance of what happened. Yeah. I said, I That's forced myself. I said, you know what? I'm going to come to bed. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to read a bit. Nice. And, you know, and so actually that I did that and I ended up falling asleep. And even just doing the meditation putting or, myself or that kind of thing, like having a sleep routine is a great way to design your environment as well. Because it just gets your internal state ready to go to sleep. It makes it more easier. You're calmer. But environment design tips around sleep would be like to have a dark. For bedroom. sure. So like yeah. to make to make the room make your the room conductive to good sleep, you could have a nice dark room. So maybe cover up all the little lights, uh, get curtains that really block out the light at night, make the, the temperature cold. There's a lot of evidence that says, you know, having a your room at a certain temperature, I think the range is normally between 18 and, and 23 degrees Celsius. Like make it nice and cool. Uh, obviously make it quiet if you can. Yeah. You can't make it dark, maybe wear an eye mask. It definitely makes a big difference. Um, and to be honest, even just like having a reminder on your phone, like I've got a reminder on my phone that goes off at 9.30 and I call it a shutdown reminder. Yeah. So when that alarm goes off, it's actually not an alarm, it's just like a, a small notification. It goes off, it puts my phone into, um, I think it's called sleep mode or not airplane mode, but it's like, it's sleep mode. Like I don't get yes. any more notification unless yes. they're urgent. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but it also tells me, okay, it's 9.30. You should start winding down now. Yeah. You want to be asleep in an hour's time by 10.30. Yeah. So you should literally, whatever you're doing, it's 9.30 now. If you want to be asleep by 10.30, you need to get up. You need to start uh, cleaning up. If there's anything to clean up, like if you haven't washed the dishes, or you haven't tidied the lounge, do that. Go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, do your whole kind of, do whatever you need to do to get ready for bed and then get into bed. You need adults. <laughs> do your adult stuff. Like if you, if you want to be in bed, if you want to be asleep by 10.30 in order to get enough sleep, you have to do certain things. Don't let it be a surprise. Don't let tend to come and go, oh crap, I need, to, I need to be asleep five minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, with, there's a lot of things you can do environment design around your phone. So for example, one, you know, if, if you feel like you're on social media too much, move your social media icons to like not to your home screen. Mm. Make your home screen less clear. Make it if you feel like you're icons. ordering, if, you, if you're an online shopaholic, delete the, the Amazon take a lot app. You know, if you're constantly ordering junk food, delete the Uber app, nice. the Debonair's app, whatever you make it harder for yourself. Make yourself have to reinstall mm. the thing if you need to. And then another one that I really love is when I don't want to be disturbed. Yeah. I put my phone in airplane mode. Beautiful. Like I put my phone in airplane mode a lot. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily like 
you know, like I don't always want to get notifications. Yeah. I don't always, and, and my phone is actually 99.9% of the time on silent. Nice. Mine too. Because like I got tired of my life being ruled by that ping, ping, yeah. ping, ping. Absolutely. You know, we live in a world where people expect instantaneous response. Yes. And I just decided I had to set my own boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's environment design. You, you're setting boundaries and you, you're protecting your space and your attention by making those changes. I love that. Yeah, so I mean, I think we've we've spoken a lot for sure about it. But yeah. I mean, to recap for people, you've really got to just get the idea that what you want to do is mm. you want to make you want to you want to influence your surrounding environment as much as you can to help you move more towards your goals. Yes, and to make it easier for you and to yes. make it more convenient. Yes, and then you want to make the things that are going to trip you up. Mm. You want to make them inconvenient. Yes. You want to make them hard and you want to put obstacles in the way. In the way. Nice. Of that. And get creative with it. I mean, I've had people, you know, earlier I mentioned the television. Some be like, well, I can't rearrange my line. Okay, cool. Just take the batteries out of the remote. Yeah. It works. Honestly, like just having to <laughs> take genius. five minutes to put the batteries back in the remote. It's a schlep. That's genius. So you're only going to do it if you really want to watch TV. You're not going to turn on because you're bored. Because it's like, oh, let's turn it on as a habit. It just interrupts that habit. Um, but, you know, another great trigger is anytime you think, oh, if only I had more motivation, if only I had more willpower, if only I was lucky, if only I had better talent or genetics, anytime you think those kind of thoughts, use it as a trigger to look at how you can better design your environment around you. Absolutely. Anytime you think those thoughts, oh, I'm just not motivated. Okay, let's assume I'm not motivated. How can I make motivation optional by improving my environment? Absolutely. How can I make, uh, oh, I don't have the willpower to say no to those rusks in front of me. Okay, well, remove the rusks. Exactly. You know, use your environment. Exactly. I mean, the, you know, I don't want to go on too long, too long but your example of the TV and the remote, I think mm. that's, that's genius. Um, and I also want people to understand that we're not necessarily saying, oh, watching TV is bad. Yes. You know, I think. It's you, if that is getting in the way of your goals. Exactly. So everybody needs to decide, like, you know, what the exact same action could be healthy for one person. Yes. And unhealthy for another person. Absolutely. You know, like, as you said, like, you know, those scrolling through Instagram models. For one person, it could fuel you to work mm. harder. It could, you know, for another person, like I sometimes, when I listen to, um, the self-help gurus. Yeah. Like sometimes it just makes me feel like more of a failure. You're not keeping Sometimes up it makes yeah. me feel like I'm just not working hard enough. Yeah. Sometimes it makes me feel like I'm just not, you know, hungry enough, mm. you know, and, but yet, you know, sometimes you can listen to it and it's actually really helping you depending mm. on what space you're in in your life. Yeah. And I also think it's quite fluid. Like I think we go through periods in our life where sometimes we're on top of certain things. Like yeah. I've gone through a period now where, you know, after having that, that anxiety attack and ending up in the ER thinking I'm having a heart attack, mm. a lot of my energy at the moment is going out towards managing stress and anxiety. Yes. And, you know, there's times in your life where a lot of your energy might go towards more cleaning up your nutrition. There's yeah. times in your life where a lot of your energy is... And, and I think what I, what I like to say to a lot of my clients is, you know, our lives fluctuate and our priorities change. Yes. And I think that's pretty normal. If you go through a little patch where suddenly you're eating a little bit less well than normal. Mm. If you go through a little patch where suddenly your sleep is deteriorated, that, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you can't just slowly get back on track. Yes. I think the ebbs and flows of life are very, very normal. Yes. Um, you know, it's not always going to be plain sailing, but the main thing is to take these tools and use your toolbox applicably, be the detective on your own journey, be your own hero. No one's coming to save you. 
got to design your environment. And no one can love you as much as you can love yourself. Nice. I think let's wrap it up. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. We look forward to seeing you on the next next podcast.